knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. This podcast is being recorded in the dead of winter. Well, if we're going to be honest, it's actually being recorded at the tail end of fall. But for all intents and purposes, everything's frozen. I'm sitting up in my room slash office looking out at the river of water on my road that is frozen solid. There's not a leaf on the trees and all of the birds are awfully chubby in anticipation for a few months of stark, bleak cold. So, of course, it's time to talk about new fly fishing techniques and how you should be getting involved in something completely different when the weather and the fishing is undoubtedly unpleasant. But actually, I think this is the perfect time to start thinking about incorporating a different technique into your fly fishing. And what is that technique? Well, it's Euronymphing. Now, I am not the expert when it comes to Euronymphing. I mean, I'm not the expert when it comes to fly fishing, but uh, I, I've done enough of it and I've tried enough of different styles within that broad umbrella of Euronymphing to really come to appreciate use, using it, uh, especially in the wintertime or on heavily pressured waters um, or in places where I'm just having a hard time getting a good natural drift using a conventional setup. Now, I'm going to be talking about this for the next 20 minutes, and there are podcast series out there. There are podcast episodes that go for hours and hours with folks that are on the cutting edge of this. And of course, this is something that has been really popular in the United States for the last five-ish years, maybe maybe yeah, at the really popular level, but it's certainly been in the angling consciousness of the United States for something about like the last 10 or 15 years. Um, and of course, it's something that's been very popular in Europe. And again, I don't have the time, energy, and effort to go down every rabbit trail, but there's different styles of what we call Euro nymphing, European nymphing, the Czech style, French style. There's all sorts of different, different techniques and tactics, but what I am interested in is catching more fish. What I'm interested in is gleaning aspects of every one of these things and quickly incorporating it into how I flish. Because I'm not going to be a Euro niffing like like elitist or um, I'm not going to make that my only type of fly fishing that I do. I'm going to utilize it to catch fish, like I said, when fish are being picky when fish are being spooky, when fish are hard to get to, um, or uh, when when it just seems like the best approach for me to take at any particular lie, run, or presentation. Well, all of that said, what is Euro-nymphing? 
What is your unit I would say, pause this podcast. Make sure you come back to it if you pause it. But uh, but go look at this. Watch how people do it because it is important to understand what it looks like. But if, if I can describe it, at its most basic level, it is a tight line approach to nymphing. Now you might say, well, I do that all the time with my eight and a half foot five weight. What's different? Well, it really comes down to a few tackle modifications. And again, I'm oversimplifying this. A few tackle modifications that allow for a greater feel as you're making these tight line presentations to trout using nymphs. So generally speaking, you're going to be using a 10 to 13 foot rod that is designed to be used for a zero to three weight line. Now that might sound absolutely ridiculous to have a 11 foot two weight. Well, if you are thinking in terms of a normal trout fishing fly rod taper, then yes, that would be absolutely ridiculous. You're kind of actually looking more at like a Tenkara a rod if you start thinking in those terms. But the way that these Euronymphing rods are designed, they are actually much more bulky down by the butt, a big, hefty, full wells handle often. And they are designed, though, to have that sensitivity in the tip where you're able to detect strikes. And that truly is where you're going to get the benefit of utilizing some aspects of the styles and techniques of Euronymphing you are going to be utilizing a technique as well as tackle that's going to maximize your ability to be in contact with your flies, which means being in contact with fish. So that's the first aspect of it. You're going to be using a longer fly rod. Now, can you do this with a nine foot fly rod? You can absolutely do it with a nine foot fly rod, but you do have benefits in using a rod that is specifically designed for this because it is going to have that sensitivity and it's going to have a little more length. And if you're going to maintaining that tight line, so the tip of your fly rod directly down. So under normal circumstances, traditional uh, Western style fly fishing, you cast your line out in front of you and your, your drift is going to be something between 15 to 40 feet out in front of you, of course, moving upstream, across in front, and downstream. So you might have a connection to your line, uh, excuse me, to your fly, but it is going to be at an angle and you're not going to have that tight connection. So will you feel strikes? Absolutely. You can you can feel subtle strikes, if, especially if the water is calm, especially if you are just a, an experienced angler and you have really high quality gear and you're, you have a really good cast and presentation. But it's not the same as having that line be on a, or that, that fly be on a tight string between the rod tip and your fly. That's what you're doing in Euronymphing. That, um, window or that uh, channel or, or, or that lane of where your fly is drifting is really coming down at a sharper angle from your rod tip, not going to be 15 or 40 feet out. We're talking, you know, within five or 10 feet, 10 feet max uh, of, of where your rod tip is. And it's not going to be that far upstream. And you're going to follow your flies or really lead your flies, I should say, as they come downstream, not pulling them, of course, you're not going to be imparting drag on your flies, but you're going to be leading your flies as they move through the feeding lane of the fish that you are attempting to catch or the fish that you think that are going to be there. 
So really, that is what differentiates from a big picture perspective, uh, Euronymphing from other Western fly fishing tactics. Now you can certainly accomplish, like I said, all of these things utilizing your normal fly fishing tackle. You are able to do that. And actually, there are, are plenty of times where that is something that you, are, you, you should consider doing, um, where, where if you are able to get into position for a fish that might be 13 to 15 feet in front of you, you can use your nine foot fly rod and a good extended arm and a well-constructed nymph rig to run a, a series of flies through that stretch and maintain a good tight line. But like I said, the tackle and the exposure and the opportunities for getting into equipment, if this is something that you are interested in, have become very common, especially in the last five years. But there's companies that have been doing this here in the United States for the last 10 and, and maybe even 15 years, you could say. So uh, what, what are the benefits of, of fishing this way? Why would you want to do this? Why would you want to go out and invest in one more fly rod that has a very unique application because like i said this is not going to be a rod you cast now it's interesting there there are um there are manufacturers out there that say you know this is a a 10 foot two weight that you can cast a dry fly with and i'm sure you can i mean you know i i could go downstairs and and grab a um a, a shovel from my my shed and put a fly line on it and i'm sure i could cast a dry fly with it but do i want to that's a completely different question um you really have to commit that this is how you want to fish. And if those bugs are flying around, then you have two things happening. One, you're going to be, uh, you're not going to have the confidence to, to fish that nymph rig right, to have that focus and attention. If you are thinking, I really should be fishing a dry fly right now, you're not going to be giving fishing that tight line nymph uh, rig your all, which I think, and as I've talked about before, that is going to seriously inhibit your effectiveness as you're fishing any pattern, no matter if it's the right pattern or not, uh, the way you fish it is as important as, as what you're fishing. Um, secondly, if you do decide to switch over, you're not going to be able to do that as efficiently and effectively. So kind of before we get into more urinifying stuff, I like to do one of two things. If I'm going out on a river that is larger and I'm going to be far from my car, so a half mile or, or further, then I will carry two rods. Um, generally speaking, if I am using a Euronymphing technique and I'm using a Euronymphing rod, I'm going to be on a larger river. And so I'm able to utilize a system where I have a second fly rod either um, lashed to my pack or what I like more is using uh, a rod holster. I get have one from Vitavu. Um, I know there's other companies, Opros make them uh, as well. Uh, and, and having my second rod on my hip and quartering away from me. So I'm able to make all those presentations um, with my nymphing rig. And then if I see a streamer situation or I see a dry fly situation present itself, I can switch those off and I'm not in, you know, I'm not, I'm not limited in my ability to make that presentation because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Utilizing a particular kind of gear to make a particular presentation. You're optimizing the effectiveness of putting that fly in front of the fish. And so if I feel like I am going to want that flexibility, in my mind, it is reasonable to carry two fly rods with me. Um, and again, that works well if you're not bushwhacking and if you're not wading really deep and uh, if if you have that kind of clearance on the stream. So that is something that I, I would recommend to, to, you know, if you are going to be further from your car, don't feel like you have to sell out and just say, well, I'm only, I guess I'm only fishing nymphs uh, the, the, this day uh, or this trip. Uh, definitely consider carrying two fly rods with you.
Before I continue talking about Euro nymphing and some of the gear and some of the techniques and why you want to do it, I did want to mention that you can still get online, go to manscaped.com and use code casting, C-A-S-T-I-N-G, to get 20% off and free shipping on your entire order, manscaped.com. Now, why Manscaped? Well, uh, you should take care of yourself. You should make sure you're clean from head to toe. And and now, these days, Manscaped is in the business of keeping you clean from head to toe, not just in those bathing suit areas. But what I want to talk about, specifically today, a product that I think is fantastic. It, it works for the dead of winter, but it was really going to be very, very helpful as things start to get warmer, which they will, I promise. Uh, we, we are not living in the next ice age. They will get warm and hot, and you will want crop preserver. Crop preserver. All right. Now what this is, it is a deodorant and anti-chafing cream. All right. So you can just imagine in the middle of summer, you've been waiting all day. Maybe you have been hiking all day and you're going to start to get uncomfortable. And you're also not going to be that pleasant to be around in that car ride back. Uh, so you get some of this stuff, crop preserver, and you apply it wherever you need to apply it. Use your imagination. And it's going to do two things. It is going to cut down on chafing, which can be miserable in the hot weather, um, especially if you are wet waiting and you maybe don't have on all of the proper undergarments because you want to be dry. Um, but also if you are going to be in waders, this stuff is going to save the day and it's going to save your most important things in this world. All right. So what you do, if you want to check out Crop Preserver, you go to manscaped.com. You enter that in the search bar and make sure you put casting in the uh, promo code box when you go to checkout. That will get you 20% off and free shipping. Again, go to manscaped.com, put in casting, C-A-S-T-I-N-G, for 20% off and free shipping on your whole order. So you have your your Euro situation in front of you. You kind of know that you have this stuff, that you're going to have this tight line. Does that mean you can just throw on any fly line and on any leader? Absolutely not. And this is where a remarkable amount of information exists online. I mean, what I am talking about now is, is the most surface of all surface level stuff. But I think to get you started and maybe to get your perspective right, uh, I, I did want to share a few things. First of all, the reel matters. You need a good reel. Uh, and what you need a good reel for is twofold. One, you're going to be working with delicate tippets and you're going to be working with long tippets. And so you want to have a reel that has a drag that's going to be able to absorb some moving fish because ideally you're going to be getting into bigger fish and, and lots of fish. And so you want something that is going to be able to absorb that uh, initial pull of that fish, that startup inertia needs to be uh, taken care of by that reel. Secondly, you're going to want a reel that is able to um, balance out your rod because you're talking about a maybe 10 to 12 foot rod. So it can't be this dainty little light cast reel that weighs nothing. If that happens, your arm's going to get tired and you're going to not have that sort of sensitivity that is really uh, very, very important as you're having, as you're engaging in this type of fishing. You don't want that rod tip to feel heavy. You want it to feel light in hand. And so you want a, re a reel that balances out that rod. So that's the second important thing. Thirdly, you want a reel with a diameter such that you don't have more coils than you need to have in your line or in your leader material. 
because you want to have line that is limp and supple and creates a nice tight connection between really your rod tip and your flies, but it would be even better if it was your all of your guides, your rod tip and your flies. And so you want a reel with a good drag, you want a reel with a uh, wide spool, and you want a reel that balances your rod well. And you'll actually see reels these days that you're able to change the weight to make the, that rod um, and reel balance perfectly, which I've talked about before. And, and there's actually some kind of cute ways you can get around this if you don't want to invest in a, in a, a Euronymphing uh, specific reel. But any large arbor solid trout reel will do. Um, I do suggest disc drag for this. And uh, I do suggest making sure that that um, reel isn't the best budget reel or just the reel that you're kicking around uh, in your drawer already, but something that fits right. And then the fly line, um, really, I, I don't feel the need to use Euro nymphing specific fly line. Um, I know it's out there and I know it's it's great, but also a really good, um, just normal traditional trout fly line uh, will work under most circumstances. If this is something that you're going to be doing exclusively, then you're going to want that uh, Euro nymph specific fly line because it is going to give you that narrower diameter and it is going to allow you to maybe make longer casts and cast there, of course, is in air quotes, because you're not so much casting as you are flipping. Now, people might say, no, 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 it's a particular type of cast. Well, it is, but it's not the same sort of cast as a 10 to beautiful dry fly approach, right? We we all have to be uh, okay with acknowledging that. It's, it is casting, but it's not, you know, casting. So uh, I like the flexibility that a normal uh, trout fly line gives, especially because I am not a hardcore uranympher, but having that, uh, you know, that uranymphing particular line does allow you to have a narrower diameter fly line that may be coming out the tip of your rod. But the, the reality is a lot of times I don't have fly line coming out of the tip of my fly rod. I have a longer leader and you build these leaders. You can buy these leaders, of course, but I think they are one of the best ways to start to understand the dynamics of tying leaders. I've, I've written articles and I have podcasts about constructing leaders. And I think that we don't appreciate the value of a good leader as much as as, as we should, uh, just generally speaking across fly fishing world. And I would say it's something that doesn't kick in for a lot of folks until they really get into it or they really appreciate the value of a well-tied leader. You might have have a top of the line fly rod, top of the line fly line. Uh, you might have the right fly, but if you're just throwing on a knotless tapered leader out of the package and you're snipping back, snipping back, snipping back until you get to the butt section, then you are really messing up thousands of dollars worth of gear uh, because you you aren't utilizing the most essential um, and immediate uh, gear that is touching your fly, which is your tippet and your leader. And that's certainly true for dry flies. It is to a lesser degree true for uh, streamers and traditional nymphing. But when it comes to Euro nymphing, you really want this to be done well because you want you don't want any sort of belly or dipping uh, to occur between your rod tip and your flies. You want that nice tight connection. So you use very supple line. I like to use Maxima chameleon. I have a couple other different spools of different, uh, um, uh, very supple leader material, uh, that is very, very helpful. And you get it in different weights, different diameters. And, uh, it can be, you know, anything from, you know, 20 to 14 to eight pound, but, uh, you know, it really depends on the type of fishing you're doing, where you're fishing, how you're fishing, but you want that to be a strong, light, supple material. 
and so something like Maximus Chameleon is is a is a good a good ex uh, example of that. But th you can also get it from all of the major fly fishing brands. They're putting out their you know uh, butt section specific leader material that you can use, and it's going to be a longer. Uh, length. Now, this is one thing, and, and, and I know that we're going off in lots of different rabbit trails here. You do want to make sure that the kind of fishing you're doing is uh, within the legal parameters of where you're fishing. Uh, I don't know any states off the top of my head, but if you can recall, like back when Dankara was like blowing up like 15 years ago, uh, there were some states that wouldn't allow you to fish Tinkara in fly fishing only places because there was no reel and the regulations specifically mandated that fly fishing was to be done with a particular kind of reel and line and leader and fly, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the same is true for Euronymphing uh, because I actually here in Massachusetts, I think I'm legal. I think I'm, I think I am. Uh, I like fishing a mono rig where there's actually no fly line at all on, um, on my reel. It's all, uh, it's all monofilament. It goes, uh, you know, a couple of, of, uh, a dozen yards of maxima into um, some monofilament uh, uh, or fluorocarbon for my my nymph rigs. And I like that because, again, that fly line, especially if you don't invest in that nice quality urinifying fly line, you know, another fly line might cause that belly and that sag and you lose that direct connection. So that's that's the, the important treatise on leader and tippet material. You you want to have that tight connection, no sagging between your rod tip and the water. And then also you can incorporate a cider, which is really important. So instead of using a strike indicator, which inevitably will create a hinge, uh, even if it's the most subtle strike indicator out there, like a little pulsa or even a little bit of, um, of fly line material um, that gets cut off as a little seg segment, that will create a hinge. But if you use cider material, which is a neon orange or green or yellow um, bit of monofilament, you're watching that bit of, of leader material and you are looking for it to dip or to jerk to the left or the right to detect strikes or ticking on the bottom that may be even more subtle than what you can feel, which of course, if we've all seen trout and how they feed, we know they feed uh, very quickly and very subtly. And so it is important to have something like that on there, one, to identify where your drift is, but two, to also identify what's happening to your fly, whether it be the bottom or whether it be a strike. And then and again, we're flying through this super cursory. If if you are a urinifying expert, I'm sure you've you've clicked off by now because you're like, I'm, you're just blowing past all these important details. I am. I acknowledge that. But this is more for folks who have maybe dabbled in it, read read about it a little bit, uh, tried it uh, once or twice, and like, yeah, I'm not sure if I know what this is. Um, or honestly, for the thousands upon thousands of anglers who have not committed to it and uh, wanted just kind of a, a cursory approach to it. But the last thing I would say is flies. You can use anything and everything. A lot of the uh, the, the flies that you see specifically designed for your nymphing are designed to be very streamlined. So you're not talking about super buggy flies. And if they are buggy, they are very weighted. And there's a couple of, of reasons for that. One, you want that fly to get down in the water column quickly because you're not casting 10 yards upstream about, of your presentation. You're casting just a few yards upstream of your presentation, getting, trying to get that fly down in the water column. And as much as weight matters, fly profile matters because you don't want that fly to have a lot of water resistance because then it is not going to get down quickly, regardless of how much weight is on it. And you, you get to that point where there's actually so much weight, it's difficult to cast or flip over. 
Um, similarly, you don't want to add too many pieces to that rig. So you don't want to use a big buggy fly with a couple of split shot upstream of it or up, up, up line of that, because now you've got this big tangled mess that you're trying to flip over. Is it impossible? No. Is it ideal? N no, not, not in the, in the slightest. So you're talking about streamlined flies. So this is, these are a lot of these flies that if you see on Instagram or you see online or you see the fly shop, they're very, um, narrow. They are very streamlined. Um, and what they rely on is they rely on attracting the attention of a fish. And they they don't rely on um, on attracting from a buggy standpoint, but maybe a little bit of flash or just being in that fish's face. I'm sure there's some sort of equation where a fish will strike something that's right in front of it, um, even if it looks less like normal food, versus moving a, a few feet over to take something that looks like, like a perfect exact imitation of a natural insect. I'm sure there's an equation out there that somebody has thought of, but that's kind of the way I think about it. But you can you can use any fly, but the ideal situation is is a is one fly or two flies that get down quickly. And of course, there's different rigs, whether you put the heavier fly as the first fly or the second fly, um, and there's different techniques and strategies for each one. But again, this is a cursory look at an, an exciting and interesting and definitely a, a fish catching technique. Um, the, the gear is in this instance really does help you accomplish the technique well. And I would encourage you to mess around with some stuff at your local fly shop. Um, if you go out on a guided trip with somebody that, that does use your nymphing tactics, ask them to give it a shot. And then you can commit to this kind of gear for kind of low money these days. I mean, you can talk about, you know, maybe $400 or less to get into a full outfit of stuff that is going to do very well for you. But if you have particular questions, and, and you should, because I've really only scratched the surface, let me know Matthew at castingcross.com or go online and uh, and Google it, watch some videos. Um, and uh, actually here, I'll, I'll mention a video at the end of, of this podcast as my recommendation uh, for this week. This week on Casting Across, Monday's article is how far south to get good fishing, how far south to get good fishing. And the premise of this article is that you don't have to go to the Bahamas to fish well in the wintertime. Uh, you don't have to go uh, down to uh, Mexico to fish well in the wintertime. You don't have to go to New Zealand, if, you know, if you're here and they're there. I don't know how that all works, but you don't have to go super far. You only have to go a little further away. Why? Well, a lot of it is just giving yourself 10 to 15 degrees change in scenery um, and also getting to a place where there is active fishing. So whether it be a tailwater or a spring creek and then you getting out of your chilly environment and warming up 10 degrees, sometimes that's enough. So I talk about that in Monday's article, How Far South to Get Good Fishing. And Wednesday's article is called Trout and Feather, December 22. So I once again contributed to Tim Camisa's Trout and Feather. And this week, um, it is about observing fish, observing fish. What do you get when you observe fish? And uh, what's the benefits of that? And so there's a lot of things for you to check out when you go over to Tim Camisa's website, but you can definitely check out my article as well. And here's my episode recommendation for this week. He has a interview with Devin Olson about which fly rod you should buy for Euro nymphing. So it's a 10 minute video, uh, walks through what you could think about, what you should think about, what are some of the different options out there. And again, like I said, it's a great way to start thinking about 
if you want to invest in something like this, that you don't need to spend seven or eight hundred dollars. Uh, you can spend one hundred fifty to two hundred fifty dollars, and you can get into some quality gear. So check out that video, which your fly rod should I buy, as well as some of the other videos that are there. I actually suggested two completely different videos in my article uh, this Wednesday. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe to your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast in iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com for three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.